verse number one, it says there, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel, and none went out, and none came in. Verse two, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Amen. He says, See, I have given you Jericho, I have given you the king thereof, and I have given you the mighty men of valor, but you have to see it, Joshua. And if you can see it, I can give it to you. Amen? And so here, let's look at this because those walls are 30 foot thick. They are, are, are excuse me, 30 foot tall. They are 20 feet thick. And it was the accepted thinking of the day that these walls could never be destroyed and that Jericho could never be taken. The walls were too big. They were too thick. And nobody could ever overcome them. Amen. That was the thinking of the day. And God comes and talks to Joshua and says, Joshua, I want you to see a different perspective. I want you to see it in a different light. I want you to see it in a different way. And what I want you to see is I don't want you to see 30-foot tall walls or 20-foot thick walls. What I want you to see is that I have given you Jericho, that I have given you the king and the mighty men of valor. Amen. And so he goes on and he tells them there that I have given them into your hand. God tells him that everybody else has taken on this perspective that it can never be conquered, that it can ever be overcome. But I want you to see something different. God today wants to challenge us to get into his word and see something different than what other people are seeing. He wants us to get into his word as he speaks to us, and he wants us to see a different perspective on what is going on in our lives. Amen. He uh, uses this at the same time. He uses this word, see. He told Joshua, I have given, I've got you, I, I've got to have you to see what I am seeing here. I've got to have you to see that I have given you the king, that I have given you the city, and if you will see that, then you can have that. Amen? This is how I want you to do it. I want you to march around the wall seven times, once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, march around seven times, right? And he said these walls are going to come down. Praise God. God never uses the natural. He never uses the circumstances that seem like that it makes a whole lot of sense. He asks us to do things that are strange. He asks us to do things that are against the natural uh, realm of the natural. And he begins to speak to us. And if we will walk in that faith and begin to do that, then God will do what naturally does not happen. And so he told Joshua, this is what I want you to see. And I, I believe in my heart that Joshua had to grab hold of that. He had to see that God gave him the city. He had to see that the kings was in his hand. He had to see that the mighty men of valor were already conquered before he would ever do such a foolish thing. 
Amen. Now, I believe because he's seen it in his spirit, he began to do this foolish thing to the natural flesh. I'm sure that his in his mind, they were thinking, you know, what in the world are we doing out here marching around this wall? What are we doing out here? And, and we're, not, we're not singing, we're not dancing, we're not shouting. In fact, we have to be quiet while we're doing it, right? And, and so they march around this wall in complete silence uh, for six days. And on the seventh day, on the seventh time around, they begin to shout with a great shout. And God does exactly what he allowed Joshua to see in his spirit. That walls that were 30 foot tall and 20 foot thick suddenly begin to break apart. Amen. And they begin to fall to the ground and the mighty men were destroyed. I want you to know tonight that when Whenever we will hear what God is saying, see it and perceive it, God says you can receive it no matter what may be stacked against you, no matter what the obstacles may be. If you can see it in your spirit, you can bring it to manifest in the flesh because God will not let his word go avoid. Amen. If you will dare to believe it, God will dare to bring it to pass. The first step to victory is seeing yourself living in victory. The first step to seeing yourself victorious is whenever you yourself begin to see yourself as a victorious person. If you see yourself defeated, you're going to be defeated. If you see yourself overcome, then that's what you're going to see. But when you see the picture that God sees, the perspective that God has then you will understand that God is able to do what he has did. He don't put things in your heart just to tease you. He don't give you a vision or a glimpse of something just to say, well, wasn't that a funny thing? No, he gives it to you so that you will have faith to rise up in the natural and go and possess the land. He gives you the faith in the spirit so you can see it in the spirit. So your faith level will arise that you'll go and march around a city. That you'll go and you'll speak to a king. That you will go and you will declare the word of the Lord because you have already seen it in your spirit. And you know that it will take a manifestation in the flesh. And so I want to go also to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13. And I want to see this principle here lived out in the life of Abraham. It says in verse 13, And Abraham went out from Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him and to the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel and to the place where he, his tent had been at in the beginning between Bethel and unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord, and Lot also went with him, Abram and his flock and herds and tents. And, he, and the land was not able to bear them, and they, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great. So they that could not dwell together... And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot. And, uh, and the Canaanites and the Perzites dwelt in the land. And Abram and said unto Lot, uh, 
Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between thy herdsmen and my herdsmen. And verse 9, is not the whole land before thee separated uh, thyself, I pray thee from me. And if I will take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go depart to the right, I will take the left. Uh, Lot is Abraham's nephew. Lot has been raised by Abraham since his father's death. And they have been blessed together. And the Bible says that they were both rich and they were both uh, had a lot of substance. And so the scripture says they came to the place where the land could no longer uh, contain them both. And they would go their different directions. And I want to point out something here. There is a time in your life that will become troubled. And I want you to write this down tonight. A troubled time marks a season of change, of new direction, and of new choices. A time of trouble marks a season of change. It also marks a new direction and new choices. Abraham knows this. He says, Lot, it doesn't matter which way that you want to go. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to take the low plains, I'll take the high mountain. But he says, wherever we go, we're going to be blessed. Amen. Because he said, we are brethren. In other words, they weren't brothers as uh, per se, but he was talking about in a spiritual sense. He said, we are both in the kingdom of God. And so we are going to be blessed. And Abraham came to that understanding that no matter where I am, it isn't about a geographical location. It is about me being hooked up with God that is going to cause me to be blessed wherever I am. Amen. And so in verse 10, it said, And Lot lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Amen. This principle is at work here as he looks and he beholds and he sees the plains. He says, that's where I want to go. Amen. And then we go on to verse 14. And the Bible said, And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are at, northward, southward, eastward, and toward the west. For all the land which you see unto you will I give it and to your seed forever. Amen. And so what he is teaching us here is this principle that we must understand tonight. And that is that you must see this truth to understand that when you lift up your eyes and don't look at the situation or where you are, but look from where you are. Amen. Because where you are is a time of difficulty. Where you are is a time perhaps where you're not so blessed. I don't know where you may be tonight. You may be in a place of sickness. You may be in a place uh, uh, of stretching and, and a place where that you're strapped financially. You may be in a place where that there's things in your life that aren't working the way that you would desire for them to. But I just want to challenge you with the same word, amen, that God gave Abraham. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where 
where you are and see something different, Abraham. Don't just see what is going on in the now, but dare to look into another place, look into the spirit realm. And he said, I don't want you just to get a glimpse, but look as far to the north as you can look. Look to the south as far as you can. Look to the east and to the west. And he said, as far as you can see. He's not telling him what you can see with your natural eye. He's saying what you can perceive, what you can see in your spirit. Because he says, goes on and he says, your, your uh, generations after you, your children aren't even going to be able to be counted. If you can count the dust of the earth, he said, then your, uh, your uh, family will be able to be counted. If he is only talking in the natural to him about looking to the north, the south, the east, and the west, then we understand that he would never be able to take care of his family. But he says, as far as you can see, he said, that's going to be your children and your children's children's inheritance. It's going to take care of them. And I want you to understand tonight that we've got to be able to look from the place where we are. Because if we don't, then the enemy will cause us to believe that this is all that there is. But thank God that God can give us a vision beyond where we are and see a man in the spirit realm that there is a greater day, that there is more blessing ahead, that there is a promise that maybe other people cannot see, but that promise will come to pass because we believe the word of the Lord. He is placed in our hearts. Amen. Tell your neighbor, lift up your eyes and look. Amen. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are and see a different vision than what's around you right now. See a different sight than what fills your mind right now. Amen. Fill your mind with that new vision. God told Abraham, he said, all the land which thou seest, I will give it to you. Abraham, everything you can believe me for. Amen. We like to talk about the promise of, of Moses and Joshua, which was a great promise, was it not? He told him that everywhere the heel of your foot shall tread upon, it shall be yours, right? He said, wherever you place your foot, wherever you go, he said, it shall be yours. But here is another uh, uh, understanding. Here is a greater principle at work here. And he tells Abraham, he said, Abraham, you don't even have to leave your front porch. You don't even have to get up out of your seat. All you have to do is by faith begin to look. And as far as you can see in the spirit, as far as you can dare to trust me for, as much as you can believe with all of your heart, he said, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I tell you tonight, I'm thankful for what he told Moses and Joshua, but it's a greater principle at work that even if I cannot walk around the city, if by faith I can believe God for the city, if I'm not able, amen, to walk or to go to where the people are, but if I can just believe God in my spirit, I can sit in my prayer closet, I can lay in my place of intercession and I can believe God. And if I can see it in my spirit, God said, I'll give it to you in the natural. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he says, Jesus says, look, you don't even have to get out of your chair. Just believe me. If you as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. 
Jesus said, if you can, if you're born again, you cannot be born again unless you what last week? See the kingdom. In other words, you can't see the kingdom till you enter into the kingdom. That's the reason why that what is so obvious to us as believers is something that the world don't see. We look at it and we say, how can you not see this? How can you not see that America's in a mess? How can you not see that, that our morals have decayed to such a place? How can you not see this? Well, it's because their eyes are blinded like Saul. Amen? They, they've got the blinders upon their eyes that they cannot see in the spirit what's going on. But I want to tell you that Jesus said, if you cannot see the kingdom, you can't enter. And if you see the kingdom, he said, then you can enter into the kingdom of God. And so whatever you see inside of you, that's where you're going. What you're looking at is where you're going. How many of you get in your car and drive backwards? Matthew, God bless you, son. Let's pray for Matthew. He drives backwards. Amen. If you're always looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to have a wreck. Huh? Come on, somebody. You can't be going looking backwards because where you're looking is where you're headed. That's where you're going. And so if you're looking at defeat, that's where you're headed. If you're looking at sickness, that's where you're headed. If all you've got on your mind and all you see inside of you is poor, then you're headed for poverty. Amen. There's nothing nobody can do about it because as a man thinks in his heart. Amen. And so nobody can help you, but you've got a different, have to get a different perspective. Amen. You've got to see something different. And if you want to receive something different, you've got to change that perspective. And the Bible is full of word pictures. Amen. You can uh, be surrounded by bad things and start reading the Bible. And the word of God will give you a different perspective on the thing. Amen. It can look like that it's ultimate failure and there is no hope to be found. And then just get in the word of God. And he says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That he tells us, yeah, darkness does endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He gives us hope and he begins to speak into our life and says, yeah, that's what you're facing now. But get a different perspective because it hasn't always been this way. Neither will it always be that way. But God has given you a new perspective. If you can see joy, baby, you're going to joy. If you can see hope, there may be bleakness now, but hope's coming your way. If you can see healing, healing is coming as the lightning flashes from the north, east to the west. He said it rises upon the wings of the wind. He will bring healing in your life. Why? Because you're focusing on healing. God will bring it into your life. Amen. If all you can think is, I'm, I'm sick and I'm dying, guess what? I pastored a lady, and she told me, said, I'll be dead before I'm 40. Grandmother died. She was 40. Mama died. 
She was 39. Well, we buried her two days before her birthday. Why? Because she's seen death. She focused on death. So that's what she got. Are you hearing me? I'm not cold-hearted tonight. I'm just telling you the truth that whatever you focus on, that's where you're going. Amen? That's the reason why it's so so uh, prevalent today Whenever and, and so important that we begin to focus on things that are pure, those things that are holy, those things that are honest, those things of virtue, those things of good report. He said, think upon these things. Because you can't afford to let your mind be uh, controlled and, and be uh, overwhelmed with all of these negative things and these dark uh, valleys of your life. You've got to see yourself coming out. Amen? And so the Bible is full of these word pictures. And so you have to be understanding and understand that if I'm going to have joy, I've got to begin to see joy coming to me. If I've, I'm going to have peace, then I've got to see peace. Amen. As I told you last week, God wants us blessed. And you've got to see yourself being blessed. You've got to see, amen, uh, your, your family being blessed. You've got to see your marriage being blessed. You've got to see your finances being blessed. Amen. And, and begin to speak that word over your life and begin to deter, determine in your heart, no matter what is going on in the natural, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You see, we've got to see more than what the world sees. And if we'll see what God has declared, then God will bring it to pass. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Are you with me? Romans 4 and verse 17. He says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. God called those things which be not as though they were. God does, does that and he expects us to do that. I said, God does that, and he expects us to do that. Notice what he did not say, that he called those things which are as though they're not. Right? In other words, you say, well, what's the difference? Well, uh, if somebody is sick, we don't deny the fact that the doctor says there's cancer in their body. We deny the right for that cancer to stay in their body. And so we don't agree with the sickness, but we begin to declare the word of the Lord for that situation. Amen. We begin to speak those things that are not as though they are. In other words, if somebody, they say, well, I've got uh, this disease in my body. We don't say, oh, you don't have that. We say, by the word of God, you are healed. Amen. Someone is sick and that you want to walk in faith. So the word of, you want to walk in the word of God. So you see yourself as healed. Amen. You see yourself as strong. 
You see yourself as doing what you could not do before. Amen. You might say, well, I, I, I'm, uh, if I confess that, then I'm not going to get healed. No, if you're sick, you're sick. But you know that God's word is working in your life and his word is greater than the circumstances that are against you. And so you declare that the word of the Lord, that I am the Lord God that heals you, who forgiveth all of your iniquity, who healeth all of your diseases. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. And so the infirmity may attack my body. But by the word of God, I am healed. And so I see myself as healed. I see myself as whole. And I begin to see myself doing what healed whole people do. Glory to God. Amen. And as I see that, it gives me a picture. Have a hope out there. If you don't see any hope, if you don't paint that picture in your spirit of a hope of a brighter day, then you have nothing for you to lend your faith to. But the moment that you see in the spirit, the word of God operating in your life, it paints a different picture. It paints a different perspective. And now you have something to lend your, your faith to that will pull you out of where you are and into what God desires for your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you've got to see yourself different. Now watch this. I want to give you a couple of words here I want to look at tonight. The word calleth also means to name. You've got to name your miracle. Amen. He said, and he calleth those things which be not. That word calleth means to name what is not. And call it as if it were. Not only must you see the promise of God, you must speak the promise of God. You must call it, right? And when you call it forth, you authorize the Holy Spirit to bring it to pass. And every time that we do exercise that kingdom authority, the kingdoms of this world begin to be oppressed and the kingdom of God becomes exalted. Amen. There has to be a power change. There has to be a shift. When we begin to believe the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord will begin to break down what is in the natural, like those Jericho walls that were thought to never be able to be passed through. But when Joshua dared to believe the word of God, God brought the walls down. Amen. When I authorize the kingdom of God to bear my problem, all of those powers have to come again, that have come against me have to bow down in the presence of the Lordship of Jesus Christ and gives me the victory. Amen. We are not talking logic. Logic says two plus two always equals four. But God can take nothing and make four. God doesn't need two here and two here. All he has to do is say four and it's so. Amen. In our minds, we try to add things up. We just say if we can get one here and one here and if we can get this to happen for us and if we can get this to work for us and if we can make this happen over here, then everything will work out. But I want to tell you, God is not a logical God. Amen. He has all power in heaven and in earth and he doesn't have to have this work out and that work out. All he has to do is call it. And when he calls it, it's going to come forth. Glory to God. He's going to turn that thing around. He's going 
going to work that obstacle out. He's going to move and minister according to the counsel of his own will. Aren't you glad God has a will? He has a will for your life. He has a will for my life. He has a desire for each and every one of us. And he has a will tonight for you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Come on and give him praise tonight. It doesn't have to add up for God to show up. You just have to believe. Amen? You just have to believe. Verse 18 says, Who against hope believed hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Amen? He says, now... uh, Abraham and his wife are beyond the child-bearing years. Their bodies unnaturally were able to produce, right? It's not a trick question. How many 90-year-olds do you know having babies today? Mm. Don't even want to think about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But they weren't working the way they used to work, right? Gone beyond that allotted time. And yet, Abraham believes in hope that he might become the father of many nations. How, what did he have to go on? According to that which was spoken. He didn't just pull this out of the air. He didn't just go on some crazy, uh, you know, super spiritual journey and and pull something out of the air and and come home and say, guess what, baby? We're going to have some children around here. He heard it. It was what God had spoken to him. And what God had spoken to him, he took those words that looked nothing like his present or what his future would ever be like. But he took those words and he painted a picture by faith that would bring him into the promise of God for his life. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand that that's what caused him to bring forth a miracle in his life. So what he did, what did he do? He considered not his own body, but he remembered the promise of God that God had spoken to him. And then he said, and he being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. And when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Amen. But he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to receive a miracle. And I'm going to have some children. Right. And, And what did he do? He changes his name. And he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. Don't you know that was bold? I mean, that ain't go there praying in the corner saying, I hope God works this thing out. That's going down to the courthouse, knocking on the door. And saying at a hundred years old, I'm changing my name today. What do you want to be called, Abram? 
I'm going to be called father of a multitude. Don't you know that court attendant looked at him kind of weird? Huh? You're a hundred years old and you're going to be a father of a multitude? Whenever his servants came in the first day and they called him Abram, he said, uh-uh, my name ain't Abram anymore. You call me father of a multitude from now on. And from then when they came in to get their commands or their what they were to do every day, they came in and they said, father of a multitude, what, what would you have for us to do today? When the phone rang, they said, hello, is father of a multitude there? What was he doing? He was calling and he was not only saying, I'm going to have children. He was getting everyone else in agreement with what God had said. Are you hearing me? He was getting everyone else in agreement with what Father God had said over his life. And even though the natural circumstances was, uh, uh, it was uh, unable to perform it, but yet he said, I believe it so much. I've seen it. I'm going to have the children like the sands of the sea until he began to get everybody else saying, oh, he's a father of a multitude. He's a father of a multitude. Everybody was in agreement with the word of God over his life. I want to tell you today. You've got to dare to be different. You've got to dare to rise up and say, amen, that I am healed. I am delivered. That joy is mine. Victory is mine. Peace is mine. Even when the circumstances look dim. How do you know? Because I've looked into the spirit and I've seen a brighter day. I've seen the joy of the Lord. I've seen the hope of God. I've seen his presence in my life and I'm going to go there. Praise God. Amen. So the fa- father, Abraham, had many sons. Got anybody went to Sunday school? And many sons had father Abraham. Why? Not because of natural circumstances, but because he caught a glimpse in the spirit and seen what God wanted him to be. And because he dared to believe it, he became everything God said he would be. Amen. I am what God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. And I can do everything God says I can do if I can see it. If I can see it, dare to speak it, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Amen? What are you seeing tonight? What is your eyes focused upon tonight? Because what you're focusing on, what's consuming your time, what you wake up in the middle of the night with your mind and your vision upon, that's where you're headed, that's where you're going. So don't get caught up in where you are in the moment. But look beyond where you are and see what God wants you to be. What God wants you to have. How God wants you to live your life. Amen? Praise God. Stand with me tonight, please. Hallelujah. 
I don't know what you see, but I want you to see the harvest tonight. I want you to see the, your lost family saved. I want you to see sickness in your family healed. I want you to see yourself as God sees you tonight. Every area of your life where there may be chaos, where there may be turmoil, where there may be frustration, where the enemy may seemingly be ravaging and having his way. I want you to see a different perspective. I want you to see it through the lens of God's word. I want you to see it through the eyes of God. And begin to envision what it's going to be like when that family is worshiping together. What it's going to be like when that body is healed. What it's going to be like when you don't have to spend your time praying about that financial need anymore, but you can pray for the salvation of somebody else. How are you going to spend your time when you get to that place that you are envisioning in your spirit, in your time of prayer, that, that you're not having to pray about getting out of this place because God's already done that, but now I'm beginning to pray for somebody else to get out of their place of brokenness, broke, hurting, out of their place of sin, out of their place of turmoil.